in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Colonel Weird. One Abraham Slam. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Norman, nursery geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, hope for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 230. Hi, and so it's, uh, we are discussing Black Hammer, volumes one and two, uh, later on in book club. Some de deconstruction of superheroes. Well, that never has happened never. in the comics before. <laughs> They've never done that before. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that, though, later. Before we get there, we have comic books. Uh, more, uh, more, uh, more recent, Eric. Re- more recent, Eric? More recent, comma, Eric. Oh, cool. Cool. I like stuff that's new. More new. New stuff. Ish. New stuff. It is, it is new. Uh... It's time for our first segment. It's time for Floppies for Nightly. Floppies for Nightly. It's part of the show where Eric and I will review a selection of the past couple weeks' books. Tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may or may not be a mush meter involved if we are feeling particularly mushy. Yep. Our first book of the week is Invaders, number one. Written by Chip Sadarsky, Art Carlos Magno with Butch Guichi, Colors Alex Guimares, letters Travis Latham. Don't like that costume for Neymar. Why? The, you don't like the green the green trunks? Mm-mm. No, I don't I, like them at all. It, it's like made it's like made out of Doomsday or something. I don't I don't like it. What do you mean made out of Doomsday? <laughs> it looks like the bone protrusions that fucking Doomsday has. It doesn't make any sense. I guess it's supposed to be shells or... Yeah, it's scales, like a fish. Fucking coral or something. I don't like it. I did not... I barely noticed it. <laughs> Regardless. I'm just stating my opinion. Okay. It's armor. He's he's going... He's a warrior. He fights. I understand. I think this comic's very good. Um, I did... I did like it. Um, it is weird. They keep pushing this captain america and human torch and Neymar team it's just such an odd relic i they keep doing stories around it i will say this is much better than the last invaders book which we read that, yeah i don't was, remember it being terrible i don't re- i don't re- i don't it? remember it at all is what i would say <laughs> no exactly that, that that i only have vague impressions of it this, I remember the art being very strong but like this kind of cinematic although there's a I don't know, like the flashbacks I like a lot. They have a very kind of Wally Wood-esque quality to them, and I really like them for that. The modern stuff doesn't really jive with me that much. It's fine. I, I mean, I like I, I like the older stuff more, but I think it's just because, the, frankly, I think the older scenes are stronger. I don't, I don't yeah. the, and the art, I, the art changes to suit them. Uh, I think this book has a perspective. It has something it is not just hey we're superheroes we fight stuff mm-hmm. it is it is you know saying it it has something to say that is not just let's punch guys it is you know this it, it is a relic 
This team mm-hmm. is it's a strange thing where you're like going back to like, oh, superheroes fighting in World War Two, Captain America. Like in the fact that, yeah, all these four main characters, Captain America, Bucky, Namor, and the original Human Torch. Yeah, they're like a hundred years old. They're all like yeah, all they, of them. they're basically they don't age, or if they yeah. do they age very slowly. And they are still around in twenty nineteen and they're not trying to dodge that. They are like, no, they are mm-hmm. War II veterans, and then they interview an actual War II veteran who's just a dude, and he's bedridden, he's elderly, um, which is true. And they they are, I don't know, it's it's an interesting way to go back and re-examine that and to make it matter in 2019, to make it matter in the current Marvel Universe is really interesting. And to, I don't know, Namor is a cool character. That I don't think has ever gotten his due in like a main super, in a main storyline. Like the New Avengers with Hickman was the main time I've really gotten. You've gotten a lot of Namor as more than just a foil. Like a lot of time Namor's appeared in yeah Fantastic Four or in Avengers, but he's usually just a foil. He is like a despot. He's he's, he's kind of only compelling as an antagonist, and he kind of is in this. It's 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 a strange thing. He's like he's he's a really interesting character, and I, they're they're, mm. they're doing pretty something. I like what they're doing with him. I want to see see this. I want I like I'm hooked. I want to know what this thing. What the, the the Namor's rant about? I'm protecting bags of water from hurting other bags of water. You know, he's yelling at Cap back in World War Two about trying to protect humans, and I don't know. That's that's a really like that. One turn of phrase, like, really kind of a, makes you understand Namor's perspective on this. Um, I like it a lot. It's 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 neat. It's like it's interesting take. And that's like that's what I want out of it. A book called I don't want I don't really care about the invaders fighting people like sure if they fight Nazis, that's cool. But I think this is more interesting of them going like them trying to figure out what is going on with Namor and them trying to stop war like it's about war and memory and all that like it's really interesting so are you telling me that you want a story in your comic book and not just a bunch of guys punching each other and dudes with big guns yeah actually that is exactly the case I think we're going to get some dudes with big guns and some guys punching each other, though. I mean, eventually, probably. I mean, they're 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 uh, Atlanteans, so they don't have guns. I don't think I think they have so, like spears, spears, tridents, tridents. Yeah, they might have like sea guns. They might like shoot seashells, sea seashells at you or something. They shoot seashells by the seashore. <laughs> by the seashore, <laughs> you can't even say it. I'm a buy on Vader's number one. No, no. uh no qualms. I, I I I'm just saying bring back bring back Speedo Neymar. That's where it's at. Um yeah, no, I think that this is good. It's that I don't think I have quite as articulate reasons to praise this book. I just do enjoy it, despite the fact that I hate the Neymar's new costume and <laughs> I don't know. There, there's things about it that make me queasy, but it's not any of the content of this book, which I think is uh, it is a good and compelling read. So, yeah, I'm on board. Double by Invaders number one. Next up is Guardians of the Galaxy number one. 
I'm sure there's a credit page in this comic book somewhere too. No, no one wrote this comic. <laughs> um, that's I know that's false. Yeah, written by Donny Cates, art Jeff Shaw, colors Marte Gracia, letters Corey Pettit. So Cates and Shaw working together again. No complaints here. I I love mm-hmm. every book they've done together. Um, this book is good. Uh, it's, it's good. You know, Donny Cates can do weird shit in space, and it's gonna be fucking awesome. It really it it's it's very impressive. I think I, I think yeah. I've been entirely disconnected from the Guardians basically since Bendis started writing them. I just I don't like it. It was a blatant attempt to cash in on the movies. Everything and, that Marvel has been doing for fucking I years now—that's all that it's been. I know, and it, I don't—I don't think they understand that that that's not going to get them any more readers, really. If they just try and make the comics closer to the, okay, it doesn't matter. I they everything that was going on in the Marvel Cosmic Universe ground to a halt because Bendis was writing a, a Guardians book, and everything had to move to change to shift his whatever how he wrote characters. Um, it should be weird. Guardians should be weird. It should be a strange book. It, it Marvel Cosmic has always been a place where it's really weird. A lot of strange things happening, and this feels closer to what I like from my Guardians of the Galaxy book from the old uh, Abnett and Landing days. Um, it it gets a lot of things happening very quickly. There's a lot of plot happening, a lot of character in this. It is... It's a lot to balance in one issue. Yeah, it really is. Because it is setting up a big, like, the big event is like, oh, Thanos, yeah, he's he died. But he his brain, is his consciousness is, is somebody else. And now, and also, hey, there's all these competing factions of power trying to... There's the Black Order with Hela. There's the Guardians. There's the Nova Corps. And there, you know, there's all these... these uh, these uh people getting sucked into like a black hole which i assume we haven't seen the last of them i don't think they just killed the silver surfer so we're we're gonna get all of that it's a lot of things happening all at once and yet it never gets confusing and it never very clear through line with all the mess through it for sure yeah there's a lot of stuff happening but i'm never confused about why people are doing what they're doing I think the character voices are really good and there's a good balance of, you know, you have kind of these kind of like a, like beta rebuild. who's kind of like this. No, he's like the, you know, the embodiment of like, of the, the fighting and warriorship or whatever you want to call it. And then you have kind of goofy cosmic ghost writer from the future, whatever. And then, and then teenage Groot, with a mohawk, he whittles himself. I guess <laughs> throws his wood wood chips uh, at Peter. <laughs> <laughs> and there's and, and it's like a the fact that it's just like them, and they're like kind of like yeah, we're this is a team. There's not much left of it, and they're kind of like floundering a little bit is i like that a lot and the fact that peter's just like immediately it really i think embodies what i think we've come to think of as the guardians of like this weird bunch of outlaws and outcasts and the fact the end of the book is peter literally just saying they're my crew now just immediately like yep they're my crew 
Now I have a, a horse man with a hammer. He's 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 a horse skull man. Even that's yep. I don't know. Uh, Jeff Shaw's it's, art because a horse face would not be creepy enough. No, uh, Jeff Shaw's art is good as always. Um, he's well suited for space space book weird crazy action happening and these big epic figures i'm a buy it's good it's great even it's it's it's, it's fabulous even it's double, there, buddy. i'm 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 just looking at stuff uh it's a double <laughs> buy on guardians of the galaxy number one next up is conan the barbarian number two written by jason aaron art mahmoud azrar matthew wilson on colors travis Latham on letters I am I am making a concerted effort for us to read some number twos along the way. Not, I'd say that's uh, that's a good policy. Get us to get us a little bit deeper in on every book, even the ones we like. Yeah. Um, this is not the way I expected this to go. Yeah, it's it. This basically just like leaves leaves us where number one ended and starts a new story, another mm-hmm. another story of Conan's life. And then brings us back to piecing together a little bit from the end of number one at the very end of this, but not, it is not continuing that story directly. It is very much like here is another story of Conan's life and uh, not, doesn't like, not really concerned with directly completing the, like the cliffhanger that ends at number one. We're just like, oh, I guess that's going to have to wait. Mm, I feel like that's pretty in keeping with the way at least the conan magazine stories that i've read that it was just everything was basically a one-shot story and i think to do to do that and tell this much story in one issue and still connect it back to the main story i think is pretty fantastic i i um uh, i'm i'm really happy with this i think um Jason Aaron writes this like a Conan fanboy, and that's that's pretty much what I want. It's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Like, uh, yeah, I I don't I don't really. I mean, I am interested to see how that you know how the quote unquote overarching. I'm assuming there's an overarching story that's going to be filled in as we go, uh, and eventually we'll be we'll catch back up with it. What's you know what's happening in the quote unquote present day of conan but yeah you're right it is always the nature of conan has always in the comics and in pulp magazines has always been anthology kind of of just here's a story from conan's life or what you know and if it pieces stuff together sure good if it doesn't it's just another story but i'm kind of i'm mostly impressed by this because it it's i mean it's good just as a conan story conan falling in with a a group of people that he's been trying to kill and then eventually becoming one of them and then leaving again because it is the nature of him but kind of growing along the way but it is also i think a really interesting portrait of the place of where of conan and and where they are of of the nature of life there because it's inc- incredibly tribalistic and everyone hates everyone that's not their people basically is what the impression you get from this book you know like it, i think it's easier to you could read this and easily say oh like it's just like a a very like boring you know analogy for like native americans in the u.s or any other 
any other story like that of, of an oppressed uh, native people. But it it transcends that. It's more than that. It is hey, this is actually this is what this place is like. Everyone hates each other. Everyone's everyone fights all the time. Uh, and Conan bounces around killing people for what he thinks are good reasons, but he doesn't. He's he doesn't. He's not a thinker. He just goes and kills things who are think what he thinks are bad, and then and, he broods about and it. And then he broods. Yeah. And then this is this is a little bit of an interruption of it. Like, oh wait, I. It 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 really effectively isolates Conan because he's not of anything. He's not. He's he like someone. They invite him to join their tribe at the end, and he's like, no, I'm I I'm not of you. And the the, the, the shaman is like, you're not of anyone. You should maybe join. You know, we like you. And he's like, mm. and then he goes back and no, he doesn't. He doesn't belong anywhere. And I think that's effectively what this issue is saying. Um, it looks beautiful. Um, Azrar's art is great. Manages to convey kind of like silent menace and the action scenes and like everything really well. There's a good mix of emotion. Storytelling is clear. It's pretty. And the look of it's fantastic. I'm a buy. Oh Lord, yeah. Kill some giant snakes. Someone's gotta. I mean, what what else are we reading comics for? Um, that's really the only reason I read comics. Mm-hmm. That's a double buy on Conan the Barbarian number two. Next up's Aquaman forty four, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, pencils Robson Rocha Roca, inks Daniel Enriquez, colors Sonny Cho, letters Clayton Cows. So, uh, m- more of Aquaman on the, mm-hmm. the Weird Island. Amnesiac Aquaman. Amnesiac Aquaman. Um, but we, we learn a little bit more about these weirdos on this island, and that they're all old ocean gods. Mm-hmm. But still a lot of mystery about what's going on, and the, the, they're doing some, uh, some Game of Thrones, uh... What's the what's the 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 family in the Game of Thrones? It's the ocean, the peoples. What is it that they say? It's the it's the fucking island people that. Mm-hmm. God, I can't think of it. The hanged man. Mm. Yeah. The, what is dead may never is it the drowned man. I don't remember drowned, which the, one. Dr- it was. The drowned man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The 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 house with like the kraken. Can't think of it either. The Greyjoys. The Greyjoys. The Iron Islands. <laughs> the Iron Islands, the Greyjoys. Yeah, the, they that reminds me, the ending of this reminds me a lot of that, of, I'm assuming Aquaman is drowned and wakes up something else, um, or re- reborn or whatever. Um, still looks very nice. I think it looks very pretty. Yeah. Right, is that, is there enough happen in this for you, Eric? I don't, I don't, it, it's, it's not. It's a lot of kind of big reveals, and that's about it. It's reveals and atmosphere. I I think this book is well done, but I can't bring myself to give a shit about it. Is it just because you don't have a connection to Aquaman? I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know, we've not been shown a whole heck of a lot, and I do feel like it's an interesting reveal that he's on an island with weird ocean gods and that shit like that's that is interesting and compelling but 
I I could never read issue three and I would be fine. There's no part of this that makes me want to find out what happens next or I don't feel too compelled to like these characters or see what's driving anything or why these mysteries are here. It's just a bunch of mystery boxes that I'm like, that's cool. I don't need to open those. And there's nothing really bad about what it's doing. That's turning me off. I just kind of want to shrug my shoulders and not like I, the only reason I would read it is because Kelly Sue's name on it. And that's, that's the beginning and end of it. And I could, I could honestly take it or leave it. It, it's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's very like, it is heavy on atmosphere and on mood less than Mm -hmm. it. It doesn't have, it doesn't have a ticking clock. Yeah. And I think that's fundamental. Like it it is it. What is driving it is the mystery of the stuff. It is not, there's not anything like, there's nothing dangerous on the horizon that's going to threaten anything. It's just literally like Aquaman is just trying to figure out what it is. It's very kind of moody. It's very, I don't want to call it slow, but paced. It's very much like, hey, yeah, he's going to go. We're going to have these conversations about, you know, the with the, this woman in her cabin and she's murder. She's slaughtering a rabbit and she's care on this cleaver that's covered in this rabbit's blood. And it's all really i don't know i find it very interesting and i like it a lot but nothing you're saying is wrong it's not Mm -hmm. there's not a lot it's you kind of have to be satisfied with if you if you're going to keep running it you have to be satisfied with it's not about i don't know it feels like yeah they're trying to be a big cliffhanger thing with oh yeah they're going to drown aquaman like well he's aquaman Mm -hmm. he's not going to drown i don't i don't it's amazing how kelly sue and acolyte of uh, warren ellis has written her own superhero version of trees it's. I mean, it it is sort of that. I mean, Pretty Deadly wasn't that different from this. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Bitch Planet was different. Bitch Planet was more pulpy, so it more it did definitely relied more on clip. You know, a true comic book cliffhanger kind of thing going on. But Pretty Deadly was kind of elegiac and kind of poetic in a way. Like it didn't rely on like hey, big moment, big mm-hmm. moment. Here's cliffhanger, cliffhanger, cliffhanger. It was more about. Like, look at this art, feel, be present in this book. Um, I I like this. I, I think I, I like it, but I also don't, I don't need to read, I will read this and trade. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I'm at. Like, I would absolutely, I will be buying the trade of this when it comes out. I would only read it if you told me it was good in trade. I, as soon as I put this book down, I forget that it exists. I mean, I, I, it's, I, kinda, it's in the back of my mind. That's wherever it, that's all that I go. To me, it's, it's, you have to do something pretty drastic to make me give a shit about Aquaman. And I feel like giving him a beard again and, and making him lose his memory isn't quite doing it. And I think maybe if they had, I, I don't know, maybe if they had started more earlier with this reveal i it doesn't it doesn't really hook me it doesn't really work for me i it pains me to say it but i don't think i'm here for it is that just to do that buyer i think so i think i'm a of a buy but i'm also a 
wait for the trade by whatever that means. I don't. I don't. Yeah, that's well, not the thing that it's a thing that I don't know. Comic books are just fucking better in trade. Nature of things sometimes. Uh, that's a split decision on Aquaman number forty-four. Next up is Naomi number one, written by Brian Michael Bendis and David F. Walker, art by Jamal Campbell, Josh Reed, letters. This is really different. This is not what I was expecting. What were you expecting? I don't know. I think I had seen this book teased, but it largely like ignored it. I I do tend to like stories. I mean, stories about young people, but also kind of the fallout of superhero world stuff about people existing in this world. It's what Bendis has always done best. Mm-hmm. My favorite Bendis books are never superhero main. Like, yeah. hey, it's about a superhero. It's always about ins- ancillary characters in a superhero world dealing with Fallout, dealing mm-hmm. with their daily lives. This has a little bit more of a mystery ho- mystery hook in it. It is more like, you know, this character is trying to figure out, like, why does no one, you know, Superman shows up in their town one time, and then seemingly most people don't think it happened. And she's wondering why. And it's, you know, at the end, it starts starting to connect back to her, to her life. Does Is that all a coincidence or is there an actual, is there something there? Um, this book is gorgeous. It is, um, it's a production. It's very pretty. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think this is how I want, I, I'm, this is my only reticence is my history with Bendis as a writer is, of him of him sticking the landing basically of him t- having a good ending to a book it are there are few and far between it seems most of the time he gets out way after he should the book goes on much longer than it should and by the time you go oh this should have ended 20 issues ago uh, he hasn't gotten the message or he just goes oh it's still selling i'll just fill it put stuff in it until it, it doesn't sell anymore i don't know I'm still a buy on this issue. I think it's very good. I think the Bendis decompression dialogue works very well in this book because it is normal people. Um, I I think it looks very pretty. I think I'm I'm interested how uh, Walker's co-writing what he does to this book. Maybe he'll maybe he like he'll be like the Azarella to Frank Miller. He'll be like, <laughs> Hey man, I don't think you. I think that's I think that's selling. Um... Bendis short a little bit. Poor Bendis, a little short there. Uh, I mean, I'm not worried about Bendis like being or suddenly being racist or anything, but I'm more worried about Bendis suddenly going like, "This needs 45 more issues." I'm like, "No, it doesn't." Send the X Men back home. What are you doing? What's taking so long? Um, <laughs> it, it's more of that. It's more of the, or his original Avengers run, which went off the all his books have a tendency to go off the rails even powers which i think is his best book still goes off the rails at the end um but i i i'm i am intrigued by this character i think naomi's really interesting um i i think it's kind of an easy sell like hey this character really loves superheroes loves like just the the plot the like that ideal of like oh superman's good and he inspires people to do good but they don't it it's a the 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 mystery isn't really what's selling me honestly it's more about the character character's interest in the mystery you know that and i think that's a there's a distinct difference there like i don't care i i don't really care if if the 
there is some conspiracy covering up superhero appearances or whatever. It is more about like, I'm interested because she cares. I care about her caring. It's an interesting distinction. But I'm a buy. I think this is a good book. Yeah. Hell yeah. So double buy, Naomi number one. Our last book of the week is Oliver number one. I had uh, the two one word names at the end. Mm-hmm. Got you. Got to group them together. Got thematically written by Gary Witta, art Derek Robertson, colors Diego Rodriguez, letters Simon Boland. Um, Gary Witta, uh, screenwriter, novelist, now writing comic books. Uh, Derek Robertson from Trans Metropolitan and the Boys, working together in a semi post apocalyptic world with a prophetic child will save us kind of vibe going on. And a bunch of clones of bald men. Yep. A bunch of... They all look like... Uh, what's his face? They look from, like Star. Yeah. <laughs> they really do. Luckily, they don't look like giant dicks. Mm. I can appreciate that, at least. And the, the they're, they are generally... The, the, the one father figure, he, the eye patch. he's generally a nice guy. Do they say his name? They all have names from... Yeah, from classic Shake- works of fiction. Yeah, from Shakespeare. And um, what do you think, Eric? It is interesting. Um, it looks good, at least when it doesn't look like <clears throat> it doesn't look like. Um, God, it's got like such a early aughts look to the color and pencil work. I mean, it it it, it borderline looks like a. A McFarlane like overdone uh, digital color piece. Um, I don't know. I I like it. I find it somewhat compelling. It feels a little sparse and empty, but you know this this issue is like a pitch, and I think it's an interesting enough pitch. It's nothing that you haven't seen before. Yeah, I I I also I like it. Mm-hmm. For what for what's that for what that's worth? I I do yeah. think there's it doesn't it also does not have like a ticking clock. It does mm-hmm. not. It I don't know. Like I, there's this boy who I don't know what the this the the mystery is the hook. You know, it is what is he because he's clearly not he's not a clone like they are, but he's definitely not a normal human because three years pass and suddenly he's like a eight year old boy. Um who also could jump over buildings or between buildings with just like a stick. Um, so something is special about him. We don't know what it is, but that's, that is the hook. That is what for, is, what is propelling us forward aside from you know general mystery about the world, but we don't really know what the rest of the world is. Is the rest of the world normal is, or is just this place blown out? We don't really know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's like, it's well-written in meaning like the, it's clear and the characters care like the characters are, are for all being clones are do like w- they establish like here, this is the guy with a facial scar. This is the guy with an eye patch. This is, they do everything in their power to make sure, Hey, these guys are all separate from each other, even though they all look the same. They all have different personalities. Um, so there's that, that like, that's, it seems like a, if I was writing a comic book, the first thing I would be is like, let's make them all the clones. I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> it seems like a lot of extra work to try and differentiate all of them. But I'm curious. I don't know if I'm curious enough to go like, oh, I'm all in on this book. It feels like, mm-hmm. again, another book that I'd read in trade. 
which isn't necessarily bad. It's just, I don't know, like, I, there's not a lot of, like, big cliffhanger. It's not like, I need to read this week to week kind of thing, or month to month, for, in that, for that matter. I'm trying to think what the publishing company that Meridian was on. This feels like a book that they would produce. It doesn't feel like an image book to me. It's odd. I mean, it feels very Dark Horse to me for that. For yeah. Me. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. But, I mean, image book doesn't really mean anything any like it, what it used to. There used to be a very yeah, specific Yeah, no, it just thing. doesn't. It just doesn't. It feels a little not hip, if you know what I mean. And image is kind of the hip. Yeah. Comic book company. Like, I could see how you would say it feels like Dark Horse because they're kind of the not hip indie publishing house or less so or like i don't know I, again i don't think this is there's nothing bad about it no. i i think i'm a buy probably like a mushy buy but i'm i'm gonna read it in trade I, I will come back to it and see how it how it does but it's not something that is like compelling me i need to read the next issue right when it comes out uh. i'm i'm fully like i would give this a chance in trade i mean it, it's image so it'll probably be 10 bucks mm -hmm. for the first trade i would i would pick that up and give it a chance but this issue itself there's nothing here that gets me excited that i say i should recommend this right so it, mm, I, I don't like saying do not buy on it but i think that that's really where i'm at i'm i'm more of a i, I it, it's it's worth ten dollars to read a trade of this you know, a year from now. Yeah, seven months. Mm-hmm. Or five or six, however many issues are in the first trade. A lot more books are doing abbreviated first trades now. Seems for four, four issues, maybe five, trying to get, I think, that that onboard people a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, they know there are a lot of people who trade, wait, so they buy that first trade if it's even cheaper than if it's only four issues or, you know. So that's a split decision on Oliver... Number one, Bush Meter of Two. That'll be it for floppies this week for this episode. We'll have more next time. I promise uh, it is time for our next segment. It is time for Checking In. Checking In is the part of the show where Eric and I talk about what we've been up to the past couple weeks. Uh, if we've seen movies or played video games or read books or whatever, whatever we want to talk about. Eric, what's up? <sighs> Uh, not a whole heck of a lot. I'm doing a lot of drawing and work and other things. Had I started at my new my new job? I think I you had just started when we recorded last. Yep. Yeah. Still doing that. Oh, you're still going still to your job. Still drawing stuff. I'm uh, I am going to to thing that I'm going to do later today. It'll have happened by the time the episode's out. Uh, did you ever hear of? Uh, I don't think it ever happened when you were in town, but it's Kaiju Big Battle. I'm I'm aware of Kaiju Big Battle. Yeah. Do they does it tour around or is it they, they just do. strictly a Florida thing? No, they go everywhere. Okay. Yeah, well that's happening in a couple of hours and I missed the last time they were at the Orpheum and I want to see it. A lot of friends are going. It's a it, it's a thing I've always if I've never been in the same place as where it's been happening and it's a thing I've always wanted to go because it seems like a really goofy fun time. Yeah, it does. It looks really fun. I'm I'm uh, for for those that don't know, it is uh, 
professional wrestlers that dress up like kaiju and then just wrestle like normal i guess i mean not really they are the inside the ring are is a set of a city that they use that i was not aware of but it's that's not like a cardboard that's not, city, i don't basically. know that's not too different it's still like weird objects that they're gonna i mean they'll tend to beat each other with they'll pick up like a skyscraper and hit each other with it yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's not a light too but you know it'll do i prefer the, the fake city building versus a light tube in my professional wrestling I'll pass right. on people getting hit with the glass anything <laughs> oh no it was pretty great when vampiro got hit with it once a year yeah i'm not saying i need to see it every day there are some some who do uh, that would be fun that will be fun I, i'm going to tell you right now eric with from with my benefit of future sight you'll have a good time you're welcome Mm-hmm. so you've been doing lots of work you haven't watched anything on netflix <sighs> i only watch professional wrestling now oh good that's uh that's my that's my whole life i do have an interesting product that i would like to discuss okay this will have no bearing on you cool that's my favorite but uh, I think it's worth talking about that uh, I have a Surface Pro. Okay. Um, which I was pretty high on at first, but I just get more and more frustrated with it. Um, I don't think that Microsoft is doing enough to... Um, I don't think that Microsoft is doing enough to make Windows 10 tablet-friendly. I think the software is not pushing itself fast enough in that you know, tablet sort of direction. Um, nowadays, I recommend that people get like a good iOS, a good iPad and use the Apple Pencil. That's a better direction. But one of the problems with the Surface Pro is that the styluses cost $90. And I had one and it walked off. And that's very frustrating to, to lose that. Is that is the stylus any different than the Apple Pencil? Uh, well, I mean, it only works with the Surface Pro, and it is very interesting actually that it's like the original Surface Pros, the screen and stylus were all made by Wacom, the company that makes the Cintiq mm-hmm. and the Intuos and your 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 traditional drawing tablets, right? Right. Um, and because they did that software. It was very good. And then for a couple of generations, Microsoft did it, and they weren't great at it. It was a Bluetooth pencil. It had some lag, and it's hard to really explain why, but it just feels bad, and all my drawings are bad with it. But they were good when I got the newest version of the friggin' uh, stylus. That, I, that, that did not come with my Surface Pro. I had to buy it in addition to. Mm-hmm. That worked very well. Well, Wacom has created a line of styluses that work with any Windows device. Uh, I unfortunately got the wrong one, not realizing that there are like eight of them that all look the same, but have different names and different functions. Uh, and this one that I got has pressure sensitivity in Photoshop only, which means that I can't. It's called the 
the bamboo ink, I think it is, because it uses Windows ink, which is the whole layer of this crap that they created to work with these tablets and similar, you know, touch-enabled devices with Windows on them. Um, but I, I can't, I mean, the, the, the nice thing is, is the stylus was $40 as opposed to 90 Um but I think I would rather have I'd rather have a pressure sensitive one. So I wish that it had been more clear that one of the other like six of the other eight of these styluses uh, were more tuned to. And, and they might not even work. Even those might not even work in Clip Studio Paint. So it's interesting. It does draw in Photoshop, but you can't, you're I've gotten it? to the point. That, do what? You can't return it? Uh, I possibly can. I bought it through a vendor on um, Amazon, and I might do that if they'll let me return it for another product, but I don't particularly want to ask for money back from this small vendor. But I might, and it's not like it's bad, but it is not fun to draw in Photoshop anymore. It is... Clip Studio Paint has spoiled me. It is much, much, much nicer to draw in Clip Studio Paint than it is in Photoshop. <sighs> so I've been doing a lot of drawing on my Cintiq on, on the PC. Mm-hmm. It's been nice. It is just a... It is much more pleasant and accurate and not laggy and not frustrating. You don't want that. No, it, and it's, it's, it's hard to explain and you think you can work around this stuff, but like... I don't know. Drawing's hard enough. You want to eliminate as many layers of difficulty between you and it. It's true. As you can. Make your workflow um, as efficient as possible. It's, I mean, it's true. It is. Um, but it, that that is definitely a recommendation I would make for anyone. Is, uh, Clip Studio Paint is amazing to draw in. I'm still not warming up to painting in it, but drawing in it is just it's god it's such a pleasure it's just so nice but yeah kind of a kind of soft on this bamboo ink stylus okay well Well, maybe maybe one of the other ones will help you more it's hard to say it is hard to say especially when there's a lot of them yeah it's odd that they would make so many different ones maybe it's does that would it that increase cost if they just made one that did everything or is it do you really need different type of stylus to be able to do one in work in different in different software i don't know that it Um, it seems like you could be able to put it all in one and just have it adapt to whatever yeah you wouldn't think that there would need to be multiple products but if i'm really reading their website correctly then that is definitely like this is weird the wacom website went down for a second no because you tried to go on it it's true and they love taking you to their you're you're reading in english yeah they have seven versions bamboo sketch bamboo fine line bamboo duo bamboo solo bamboo ink bamboo alpha and bamboo tip i don't and then there's then there's also there's also ink, which is the one that I mentioned. I don't understand and why you would need all. Isn't the whole point of using digital drawing is so that you don't have to have a different, a bunch of different 
Well, hardware? I think what I'm seeing now is they are for various... Okay, I feel less suckered now. Um, these are... The Bamboo Ink is really the only one that I could have gotten. Because a lot of these are for other devices. Ah. Like, there, there is one that is basically an Apple Pencil replacement. That's the sketch. But giving them these different names is dumb. Why wouldn't you just call it, like, the Wacom Bamboo for iOS? I feel like that's way more clear. How frustrating. Well, you know what else is frustrating? What's that? Trend. Cats? No. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. They are. <laughs> no, I was going to say, uh, trying to kill zombies when you have literally no bullets. I hate that. It's a really, it's a hard thing. I Last time we uh, recorded, I had checked in with the Resident Evil 2 one-shot demo, which allowed you to play the game for half an hour. Uh, the game has since come out came out on this past friday the 25th uh on all big video game on ps4 xbox and pc um it is a re remake of the original resident evil 2 uh modernized changed around a little bit it has uh, most of the same elements there obviously it has uh raccoon city police department and has leon kennedy claire redfield and umbrella and all that stuff's there but the layout's a little. The layout of the police station is a little different. Uh, you know, they they fiddled with it a little bit, and uh, and the controls are modernized. They don't have tank controls anymore. Thank the Lord. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was great after that half hour demo, and after playing the game probably for ten hours over the past couple days, it's really good. It, it is. It manages to modernize it while also managing to keep it scary like managing to keep it a survival horror game it is not it is not an action straight action game like resident evil 4 is it is what resident evil 2 was which is like hey you are trapped in this police station with a bunch of monsters there are not enough bullets to kill everything and it every step along the way even as you escalate and you like you're digging down into like the city trying to get to umbrella in, in what they're doing, you're still constantly struggling with resources and trying to manage, trying to get to where you're going without getting ambushed by this or that. And, oh, my God, I walk down this hallway and there's these three things. I have no shotgun shells. I guess I'm running away because and that and that's what it like. It really manages to heighten that tension uh, to really, I don't know. Drop, like make it kind of anxious and exciting uh it's not something i'm i haven't played a game that's made me feel this way in a while and it's 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 interesting it's neat it's not something i can play forever uh after like a few hours and then i get to a particularly tense moment and i'm just like okay i need a break i can't keep doing this for all night i will drive myself crazy because it's just so tense because i'm like i have three bullets left what do i do <laughs> what do like i have to i have to get to there and there's these things in the way how do i get around them with three bullets and it's that kind of Rob thing do a lot of running away that is exactly a lot of a, a lot of uh juking is what it, you end up doing or throwing grenades and hoping don't, you can don't don't hear the word juking a lot you gotta juke you gotta juke them it's, it's true um 
but it's very Jinking, good. Jinking even. It's very good. I will be playing it. You know, I'm I'm like most two thirds of the way through Leon's playthrough, and then I'll play through his Claire, and then I might go back and play through them in the opposite order again. You know, and see what else I can find. I know I've missed things. Um, kind of the one of the joys of Resident Evil is playing through the games multiple times and discovering new things and the game changes as you go and they you can play on harder difficulties or sometimes the joy in it is like playing through a second time and being better at it and knowing like hey and now having more ammo and being able to kill stuff I don't know it's a different play, play style but it's very good I definitely suggest it anyone who likes Resident Evil it's a no brainer it's it's very good they did a really good job on the remake it is better in every way and while still honoring what that original game was so how it made you feel um the other game i want to talk about is something i think i've checked in on here a long 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 time ago uh it's a game called slay the spire it's on steam it is a card game um it is a deck building roguelike card game you know you're running you're making a run through a dungeon basically and building your deck as you go you start off with there's three separate classes each with different uh, mechanics about how their decks work, how they deal damage, how they build defense. But basically, you're facing enemies, you're going through dungeons, you're picking up new cards, um, picking up items that affect how you play. Um, basically, every turn you draw a hand of cards, you have a certain amount of energy. Your cards have a certain energy cost. You can play however many cards you can afford. Uh, you can see, you have enemies on the screen. You can see what they're going to do. They're either going to attack you or they're going to buff themselves in a certain way or debuff you. And you can block, you can build up block to stimmy their attacks or you can attack them outright to try and kill them before they hurt you. Or you can, you know, there's a, a warrior class that heals up at the end of every battle so you can kind of tank more with that one. There's a rogue class and there's kind of a mage class. They each play very different from different from each other. Like you have to, you cannot play them all the same way, which is really good because it it'd be really it make the game too easy if you could just go through and steamroll through this with the same kind of deck build every time. Uh, it changes it up, and they play really like interesting in how they play because the the warrior class you can kind of tank more, and you really it's more single minded. Like just build up my defense or build up my attack and choose one or the other and just run with that. But the rogue is definitely is a bit more on poison and uh and in free attacks and managing your card draws. And then the, the the mage is even stranger. Like this mage is built upon like the premise of like passive attacks and building like having like these weird spell slots that float around you and they do passive blocks and passive attacks. And you're managing their levels and managing the quantity of them. It's really different, but it's all very, very good. You do unlock new cards as you go. The more you play, you unlock more cards that are accessible. You discover new items, new relics, new potions. Like There's a lot of things that modify how the game plays, but it's very good, and it's officially out now. It's been in early access for a long time. It's officially out 1.0. It's very good, and it is one of those games where you just keep playing. You're like, I one more run. One more run. I can do it this time. Um, it's, it's, it's... Don't think it's that expensive either. it's like 15 20 i think um but it's snappy it works really well 25 25 24.99 okay the final they they pumped up the price for the final edition um but it's it's has a lot of replayability it's very good very well crafted it, it feels much more balanced i've come back to it now and it's much more balanced than it was in its original form it was really hard originally and now it's it's much easier now not not easy but easier um I, I definitely, if you like card games, 
I definitely suggest Slay the Spire. It's 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 very good and also it's a good kind of game to like you don't because it's a turn based game, you can just kind of have something else on your second screen and be playing and watch that or you know, it's kind of chill kind of a time. It's a good game though. I'm also would I I've, I've been writing a lot, so there's that. So you didn't you didn't get some some uh tablet or weird pointing device luckily writing is to, pretty easy to do it just you just do it all in notepad uh scrivener but yeah i do my i do all of my fiction writing in uh, notepad plus plus oh okay i write in, i write i write fiction in, in html and then and then <laughs> yeah. up convert it to c plus I, I, I only write interactive uh twine fiction i mean there, there are some people who write their Write literal like literal, write plain Jane fiction in Twine. I I know. I don't know why. It's an but odd thing. It is an odd choice, but you can do it. Whatever works. Um, and that's all. Ultimately, what matters. Whatever works. But I use Scrivener. I bought Scrivener once, and it's done the job ever since. Um, yeah. I've started. I started a new book, but that's not news, really. Oh, good for you. It's going to be difficult, but that's good. Challenging yourself is important. You ready to talk about uh, some superheroes? Question mark, Eric. I think they are superheroes. I think it. I, I don't are, think there's. Are, are any we question sure there. about all that? I'm not. I'm. I hesitate <laughs> to put any kind of uh, bold declaration on what is happening. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part show where Eric and I sign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club, except it's a comic book. This week we are discussing Black Hammer, Volumes 1 and 2 by Jeff Lee Meyer and Dean, Orms- Dean Ormsom with some fill-in issues by David Rubin. Um, I had heard a lot about this book over the past couple of years, and... I've been meaning to read it for a long time, and I just kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing it off. And I heard a lot about it's an interesting, weird, own, its own kind of superhero thing. And it is kind of its own weird superhero thing, but it is also like taking the entire history of superhero comics and mashing them all together into a big ball. And, mm-hmm. then, and then pulling pieces off of it and seeing what's there. Well, not even not even just superhero comics is the... Uh... The witch character feels very much like an EC storyteller. Yeah, that's true. Like the Crypt Keeper or something. Mm-hmm. She is. House of Mysteries. Yeah. Uh, and that's like... Uh, it, calling it a superhero comic is also like... I, that's my hesitation is like... The premise of the book is... There's superheroes that were... I, I guess part of a... Were, I, were they officially a group, or were they just kind of all superheroes at the same time brought together to fight anti-God? Hmm. I think they were brought, all brought together. I don't think they were officially, like, a team. Yeah, I think they that. weren't, like, the Justice League. No, I don't think so. I think they were... They teamed up at on t- at times, but they were not yeah. a team. Um, But now they've been trapped on a farmhouse for ten years? In a little town that doesn't exist? Really? Mm-hmm. Some kind of weird pocket dimension. Yeah, and they're not... So they're not... 
they don't do superhero stuff anymore. They're just, they're still have powers as far as I can tell, but they're all trapped there. And that's, that's where we start. It's not really there. I mean, we get flashbacks to their lives before, before they, they got trapped here, but, and that's where all the superhero stuff happens, but it is not focused on that. This is not a story about punching people as we alluded to earlier. This is a a d a, a a re a a reconstruction of the deconstructed reconstruction mm-hmm. something along those lines it's like three layers deep of meta commentary going on it 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 reminds me i mean the watchman comparisons are obvious but um supreme alan moore supreme mm-hmm. this does feel like i i really like this, this is the thing that stands out that i have enjoyed the most from lee meyer um but it it really does feel i mean specifically how supreme was like i'm gonna take this rip off of superman and do a story about superman um i mean it's not it 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 is more i i would say i yeah i like this book a lot i'm not gonna i i'm mm -mm. i i don't really have too much criticism of it it is more i think this book is more than a sum of its parts mm-hmm. i think it if it i i think most people probably would like it if they read it i don't think there's it because lee meyer i think it does shine really well uh we haven't read any of his like non-superhero stuff uh non-big two superhero stuff for the podcast so we should probably read sweet tooth or essex county at some point right which is his uh, his is you know his other stuff um those are i mean sweet tooth in particular i think it's one of those things that we've just never really decided to do even though i think we've talked about it it's probably been on our various lists yeah and, we, and we've read descender and we read um one issue of royal city i think we and, read a lot of his swamp thing many many years ago and and his animal man which is very good oh was that what i'm remembering yeah swamp thing was just in it something he did write swamp thing as well um yeah that, i'm thinking of animal man because it was the albuquerque that was so long ago it's just gotten weird and twisted around in my mind i mean i've read i've read uh the underwater welder by him mm-hmm. which is a weird kind of i don't know I don't know how to describe an underwater welder. It's very con. Very con. Very contemplative. It's not. It is not yeah. an action book. It is very much like a, a very st- st- kind of st- solid melancholy thing. Mm-hmm. This, which this has some. This yeah. is, this has some of that kind of melancholy. The it it it's sad. It's, mm-hmm. it's sad. I, mean, I think that's a hallmark of who Lee Meyer is. He's he's weird and inward looking i don't know i i yeah it is i don't know it's hard like it is certainly the watchman stuff is there it's very easy i think that's the first comparison i want to make but i feel like this is even more more real i don't want to call it realistic either it's not realistic it doesn't try Mm -hmm. and be realistic but it does treat these people like real care like real people it treats the characters like people but it they are but they buy in whole cloth to this weird world that they're from and you know you can't it's hard and they all function 
I think that's the thing. Each character functions by their own, like each book, each character is coming from a different comic book, basically. Mm -hmm. And they function by those rules in their own comic book. And when they all come together, they are still functioning by their own separate rules. But now they're all slammed together and it makes you, it, it has this weird effect of them treating each, like, it's like a crossover event where, the, you know, normally like in a superhero book, if there's a big crossover in the Avengers and you have all these different superheroes all coming together. And like if you're reading The Punisher, normally The Punisher doesn't work the same in when he's in the Avengers book. You can't – he can't be the same character because mm -hmm. you can't mesh those tonally. Like tonally – Punisher is really different. Spider-Man is so different from the Punisher and then Wolverine and then every other character, they all function a little bit differently when they're on their own. But when you mesh them together, someone they like they generally establish a central tone of the book and then all the characters follow that same tone. That's what is so strange about this book is that it doesn't work like that in this. Like all these characters all are so tonally different from each other and they have to live in the same house and, and, and function as a family, which is very strange. <laughs> and I don't know. It it's, I don't want to say that it, I think my only, my only criticism I don't even know if it can be a criticism because it's clearly it's not trying to hide from its pastiches. Mm -hmm. Like it is clearly going like Mark Marks. The guy's name is Mark Marks. Mm -hmm. like, Instead of John Johns. Yeah, it's not. He, it's Swedish, Robbie. Oh, I, I know. And he's and he's and he can shape shift. And he's very similar to, to the Martian Manhunter. They have a, a, a talkie walkie. Mm hmm. Who's probably actually the most like he's a pulp character like that's the it's a she that's well they call they it say she. they call her they call her she they call her they do but it's a robot it doesn't have does it no but you just called it he but does it okay does does talkie walkie identify they call it, they call it she you did <laughs> just should at least say what they say okay I'm just saying does does she identify that or is that this them because I, I thought that was just colonel weird doing that because he didn't want to hang out with a dude they uh no well maybe that that's might that's all case. i thought it was i literally thought that colonel weird because colonel that when we see them meet for the first time colonel weird well, is a completely a pulp character that's true it was um oh god it was whatever the captain america analog whatever is abraham slam mm-hmm He's the one that when he's picking up the body later, he calls her she. So whatever it is, they've all adopted it. That's just I know that is what they say. I also call him call her talkie walkie when her yeah. name is not talkie walkie. That we we lack the subtlety to pronounce it correctly. Uh, I understand. I'm just saying that they call her <laughs> they call her things that she's clearly not. So when they call her she, I don't know if talkie walkie knows what or cares what gender is. I'm not trying to suggest that this robot actually gave a shit. I, I, I'm I, just saying that's what they say. Because I don't, I don't, that's, I think, talkie is, 
of all the characters, the strangest one to me. The one that is least analogous to like a super, like to a comic mm. book character. It's just it's just the robot, right? I mean, Robbie the robot, maybe I don't know. Like, I mean, there's plenty of like, there's you know, Vision, and you know, there's there's lots of robot characters in superhero comics and in pulp yeah. comics, but it's just not really like them. I can't. No. I don't know any. It's more like the Lost in the Space robot more than anything. Yeah, that's Robbie the robot, right? I, I think that's its name. I have not. <laughs> I watched the Lost in Space movie. That bad one. I swear one. to God, that's yeah, that's what it's called. Okay. It was also in. Well, maybe I'm wrong because it says it's in Forbidden Planet. What is the Lost in Space robot? Okay, it just kind of looks. It's just called Robot. It just kind of looks the same. I always thought that they were the same one. I mean, they were. Were those different shows? <laughs> I, apparently, <laughs> they, I don't know. Weren't they the same? Like literally, just bad, like science fiction pulp stories in the same. I have. It doesn't matter. No um, but I mean, that's idea. what like Taki is just a a robot that wants to get, like who is wants to get out basically the only one who is still trying to get out i think everyone else is kind of they haven't made peace with being trapped but at least other everyone but abraham who apparently loves it Mm -hmm. but everyone else varying degrees of happy to completely miserable being in this place and that's feels like the largest theme of everything is the trapped is that 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 the idea of being trapped and not necessarily even being trapped in this place, but being trapped in the, these personas, being trapped in these roles, like you can clearly see that in and having to deal with the the aftermath of that. Of you see that in Gail, where she's trapped in this form of this little girl, this little girl. Mark is trapped in the life of a human when he's not one. You know, uh, Colonel Weird is trapped in this weird state of like he's like you know doc Man- dr manhattan where he's like he sees mm-hmm. everything that's happening All time at once and it's driven him insane because he doesn't have the he doesn't have the mind of of a god to to compensate he's just a human and so he can't, he's kind of floating in and out of it all the time um talkie is literally just trapped there i don't think she wants to be there um madam dragonfly is trapped in that cabin kind of kind of i know it's that's the uh, she's obviously like some i i don't i'm not ready to paint her as a villain though Mm -hmm. that she's implicated somehow she is implicated but it's also not clear that this is not for their own good like we don't Mm -hmm. know if this was because this uh something i didn't quite realize i should have uh like they go into this world in 1986 so the present day in where Lucy is, who's the daughter of the Black Hammer, mm-hmm. is nineteen ninety six. Huh. Which I I like. Hey, Watchmen came out in nineteen eighty six. I don't think that's a coincidence. Probably not. If that feels very, there's something there, and I and I think you know, Madame Dragonfly is implicated in at least keeping them there. It's hard to say, but she's also, and she's, and when she uh, kills uh, the sheriff, she's like, I don't want a supervillain here, mm-hmm. which interesting. I don't know. It, she, she, she is almost like, the, she certainly talks like she created this place. 
and she can certainly affect the change there, although she isn't, like, making buildings disappear or anything like that. And it, she certainly isn't trying to make it any happier for these for all the people, except, like, I'll, I, like, I don't know why, you know, she could make it easier for poor Mark and just let the, the new preacher be gay with him, but I guess not. How real are these people that aren't them? Are they real? Are they actual people? Really good question. In a library with empty books. Yeah. No. And, you know, Lucy sees that same couple just wander around the town with ice cream. You know, they're they're clearly not. But when Mark talks to the, the that that preacher, that preacher seems real. You know, he seems like he has depth. When Abraham talks to Tammy, Tammy seems real, like more depth than just mm-hmm. anything else. It's... it's- it's a superhero, the Truman Show. It kind of reminded me of the Truman Show a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. It is some weird fishbowl universe that they've got them crammed into for whatever odd reason. We're only getting a little bit of this. Do you think this is going to be a straightforward narrative? Because I I feel like this is going to go in a very metafiction kind of direction. I mean, that's what it, I, I guarantee you that's a, what it, what it's going to do, but they haven't, like, there hasn't been ever. I mean, like, like completely like off the rails metafiction. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like the sequels to this don't are just depart from this altogether. Mm-hmm. It, dev- it doesn't answer the question of what happens. They, I, I fairly, I think Lucy is after she becomes the black hammer, the new black hammer, she is dragged off into a different place called the quantum age. And that is what mm. happens like they, and they've expanded into different books with the, uh, they have Sherlock Frankenstein, they have Dr. Star, they have the quantum age and then black hammer 45, which is a mini series about the team, about the black hammer squadron in world war two. But there's quantum age, which is set in the future. And they're inspired by the heroes in this, in these, these characters, but they're not, in it they, they this story just kind of paused here at this moment that's some this is a lot of odd choices it definitely is and i don't know i'm certainly very curious i i want to know i want to know what's going to happen and i'm certainly i don't whatever is going to be i don't know if it's i don't know i don't know what the the idea is and i i don't think it will be I wouldn't be upset if it is simply like it's a pocket universe or whatever, or they were left here because the world had moved on like that. Cause that is a, that is kind of a, a trend in with all the characters is that these are characters, superheroes from the forties and fifties. Like all the, all their, all the, the characters they're ground in are all old characters like Shazam the mm. cat, old Captain Marvel and Captain America and the pulp, the pulp characters like the the the, the like talky walkie and uh, the Madam Butterfly, the you know the horror and sci fi pulp comics, and you see them all the new characters in their story die. They're all killed by the anti god, the giant ass Jack Kirby thing, and. There's even the storyline about Abraham who tries to modernize himself mm-hmm. <laughs> with more armor and whatever. 
and it just doesn't work. So is this is this about superhero comics, the industry not being able to move on? Maybe it's certainly it, you. I could see it. I I think it can be. I think you can read it that way. And all these characters, like I want to leave. I don't want it. Like poor, yeah. poor, poor Gail. <laughs> It's a grown woman who's an el- now elderly mm-hmm. woman, and she's trapped in this little girl's body. And she finally she, miss- and- she misses her. She misses her tits. She misses Sherlock Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. I, I she's it's heartbreaking, kind of because she does. Oh, yeah. She she gets an ending. She which is something superheroes never do. Mm-hmm. They they don't get endings, and she gets one. She's like, I'm done. I'm gonna I'm retired. You guys take my power. Uh, I'm gonna go marry one of my supervillains. <laughs> We're gonna re- retire and have a nice, nice life. And it gets taken from her. Can't wait for the next issue of Southern Bastards when Abraham shows up. He would be, he would be buds. He looks just like Earl, though. I know that's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> he does look a lot like Earl. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a tub. Abraham Slamkowski gets. He's not shying away from no being corny. Well, he gets trained by a guy named Punch. <laughs> yeah, Punch is a fucking magical Negro too. I think it's. I wonder if he's gonna say anything about that. Like, I thought that was a weird choice to, like, the first black character that's introduced in this story that's named after the dead black guy, and then this guy immediately dies. Punch Socklingham. Yeah, like, I really, like, I wonder if he's going to call these things out. I don't know. I mean, I imagine them probably, if it is anything, it's going to be out in the the, the Lucy, the uh, Quantum Age book, mm. or Age of Doom books, where there's a little bit more, she's the star, kind of. Yeah. It's an odd, I mean, I can get why Lee Meyer would say like I oh I want to ask these same questions that Alan Moore tried to ask in these books. Mm-hmm. And then to, to to take it as a jumping off point for like a whole different comic book universe is not like that's way different than I was expecting. Like it does feel very well actualized, you know, and thought out and there's definitely more here than just the you know the shit that he's borrowed, mm-hmm. but That's... it's it it's it, it's such a strange decision to me. It's, it's an unusual book. It it is very strange. Um, what do you think about um Dean Armstrong? What do you think about the art? I like it a lot. Oh, the art. Yeah, it's unusual, and I think it suits. It's like Lee Meyer's art, but I like it more. <laughs> Um, it also, it, it makes me think of, um, Dylan a lot, that people are ugly. I think this is strangely more appealing. I think Lee Meyer's art is, has appeal. Uh, we've discussed many times the concept of appeal. I don't need to No, it reminds me of it. Latour as well. Um, I don't see that at all. I, th- I think that's interesting that you would... Yeah, um, I think it's just mainly Abraham just staring at me. It's fair. The, the anti-god looks like something Matthew Allison would draw. 
because I think he's a he's a blind spot for you. I think I probably mentioned him, but you probably are not interested in reading Matthew Allison's incredibly well drawn, insane wackadoo <laughs> comics. <laughs> <laughs> those, those are that they most of those comics do not hold a lot of appeal to me. Any I'm of those, say that's, that's, any that's of the, more that's more my realm than yours. Any of any of the genre, insanely well drawn, also insanely plotted stories that make no yeah. sense. That are just like here's a lot of shit happening that I wanted to draw at the time. That's the, no, yeah, but that's 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 what I don't know. Allison's like that. It. it he just is trying to be crazy. It's it's like Ryan Brown almost. Um, if I'm thinking, if I'm saying yeah. the, the right name, yeah, astronauts. Yeah. Yes. God hates astronauts. God hates astronauts. Yeah, yeah. Chris, he's Chris the words. only person that I, I could even begin to compare Matthew Allison to. But he he draws a lot. Like it looks like he came in and drew that panel when Anti God is in there. It looks like a, a one of his drawings. But I mean. No, this is a good-looking book, but it does seem to meander from sort of look to look. But I, I think that's even appropriate. Like the, yeah, the Madam But what is it, Madam Butterfly? Mm-hmm. Why am I just rem- misremembering these names? No, that's that's her name. Yeah, the, the, her stuff looks like a a, a Mignola comic. M- Madam Dragonfly, not Butterfly. Madam Dragonfly, Dragonfly. Excuse me. Although she is also Madam Butterfly at different points, I guess, in the series, I guess it appears she changes her name throughout. Because there's also, I'm looking at a wiki, it says Madam Dragonfly and Madam Butterfly, so I don't know. <coughs> I do not know. That's peculiar. Um, I'm assuming, But I mean, I don't know. Characters change their names in comic books. That's I guess that's uh, true. And that's what... I mean, maybe they'll come back and explain why that there might be a an in-world reason for it to change yeah and david rubin does a couple issues as well in this um who we've read in um those the battle yeah. boy books um yeah why can't i think of her name either aurora i feel so dumb aurora west <laughs> aurora west yeah that's her name he they're did. really beautiful he draws neat robots in this in this mm-hmm. i could i could stand for him to do more he does all of uh, Sherlock Frankenstein and the Legion of Evil. Oh, yeah? All four issues of it. Hot shit. Uh, apparently, this book was delayed for a long... I did not know any of this, but apparently this was going to come out in 2015, but Dean Armstrong had a cerebral hemorrhage. Jesus Christ! And took him... He uh, is recovered, and mostly. He's still... He has, I guess he works slower than he used to, which I understand that. Um, it's a miracle that he's Okay. It's still drawing. Those are words you don't want to go together. No, those are bad words together. Mm-hmm. But apparently they're, they're not great. But it got delayed, and so that happened to me for the most part. He's he he's still he's still working on the book, but apparently he just needs a little he needs more time or whatever. That's what the that's all the wiki is saying. But he is still doing a, a lot of art for a lot of these books. But now they have Rich Tomaso, Alfredo Torres, Matt Kent does the black hammer 45 art which is interesting because matt kent and jeff lemeyer are when i read their stuff they are seems two of a kind so that's two indie guys who have very similar mindsets so that's interesting they're working together also ray fox is starting to co-write some of this stuff with jeff lemeyer as we've gone on i don't know i i like their art a lot and I, it does change it it, it changes to mm-hmm. suit kind of each character to a certain extent yeah. they're whatever they're genre is 
a little bit like Rick Veitch in uh, Supreme. Call back to that book. I mean, it, it is. This is a, a a book like like every as we've after Watchmen. There have been many many books that are all you know deconstructions of comic books in certain ways, and I don't know. I I I would say that I'm tired of it, but then I read something like this and I go, "This is good. I like this a lot." Maybe I'm not tired of it. Maybe as long as you imbue these people with character, you can do it every a hundred times in a row, and I won't care. As long as it's mm-hmm. if as long as the story is told well enough, it it is very. It's a lot of strange decisions spitting this out into like a greater universe because it feels like Hellboy in that way. That's what the, that's what it's reminding me of. It makes me feel like a Mignola verse, but it's lo- the the Black Hammer verse, basically. And it's yeah. both and both those stories feel like. When I read Hellboy, the charm to me is not – I don't need to read all the miscellaneous side stories to understand what Hellboy is. I feel like I kind of like the idea that those stories aren't told for us, that we have to imagine them. And it's the same thing with this where I go – I kind of like the idea of us just seeing these smaller bits and pieces of these characters without seeing everything among the greater wider world. But I don't know. Maybe if I start reading Sherlock Frankenstein, I'll go. No, I want to read all of it. I need some. I need some Sherlock Frankenstein in the Legion of Evil. <laughs> I don't know. I bought this. Uh, I bought this comic for my dad for Christmas. I'm curious what he's going to think about it. I was going to say, how did that go over? I don't know if he's read it yet. I know I. <laughs> I bought my dad Southern Bastards, and he turned up his nose at it. I can. My dad literally texted me like last week. He's like, "When is more Southern Bastards coming out?" And I'm like, "Dad, it's gonna be a while. You're gonna have to, yeah, you're gonna be, have to wait." I, he did like Seven to Eternity, which we need to read. That is surprising. Your dad is a lot more open minded than mine. My dad just wants to watch movies from the 30s. My dad does not watch movies. My dad watches football and he watches sports like 80% of the time. And that, My dad also does that, but he also watches more television than any human I've ever seen. So he's got a lot of things he needs to watch. There's football is only on part of the time. Does he like baseball? Yes, but only the Yankees. He's one of those. What? People. Yeah. Dad loves the fucking Yankees. What? Yeah. I You just destroyed my conception of your father. He is loves the Yankees, and I don't know where it came from. I have been to a couple of games, I'd say, down here with my dad. I think maybe I was only one Yankee spring training game and then went to one race game with him. Okay. Yeah, loves the Yankees. Wears his Yankees hat everywhere. I'm I'm literally no one, now wearing a hat no one, that my dad retired so he could wear his Yankees hat. Does no one give him shit for that? Yes, people give him shit about it. Okay. But well, mostly he doesn't give a shit. Okay. He just he's he, he he's an old man, he doesn't go anywhere. That's fair. Do, do anything. Fair. So no one fucks with him. No one cares. Okay. I just he, he thinks it's funny when people hate on the Yankees. This has been a surprising amount of talk about about my dad i'm i'm that i was i'm kind of blown away that he's a yankees fan that is not yeah. what i would have predicted um yeah yeah I'm, next time i talk to my dad i'm gonna ask him if he's read this to see what he thinks about it 
he he likes weird stuff my dad he'll he's read every comic book i've given him and he's enjoyed all of them so no my my dad is not that we we took him to get chinese food and they were overwhelmed <laughs> by how exotic it was <laughs> well that's my dad's been to china so it's not a little different for him i guess yeah your 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 dad is a, well i mean my dad's fucking been to bavaria and yeah. amsterdam that's true that's kind of a safer w- form of weirdness though well, yes but it definitely blew his mind particularly that first trip <laughs> I don't know. Black Hammer. I, I didn't know. Bring it back to the comic book. Back to the reading. comic yes. book that we're talking about, not about dads. Uh, <laughs> this has been dad talk. There, there. Tune in next time. To be fair, there are no dads in this book. The one there is is dead. Yeah. He got killed trying to get out of there. His brain got knocked out of his body. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah, not good at all. Um, I there it's and like that's the thing they're, they're these characters are like forced to be their family for each other when they clearly mm-hmm. don't want to be because all the other guys just remind i think they are constantly reminded of the fact that they are superheroes and i think that le- lends more credits to the fact that yeah this is about superheroes in general of us not moving on being of them being of superheroes being trapped in a one kind of role forever and how that's kind of an existential terror because that's what this this book is like. What if people were trapped in that? What if they were mm-hmm. aware of it? What if they had to live here forever? Be kind of sad, which it is. Yeah. Poor Gail. I feel sorry. I feel really sad for Gail. She seems to have the hardest. It is interesting that it turned her into a moody teenager. I mean, I if she was an adult, if she didn't look like a child, it would just be a moody adult. Although, I don't know if. I was Terry, Tammy, Tammy. If I was Tammy, that lady from town, and I came out of that farm, I might be a little, she seems, she does seem a little accepting of everything. The only thing that Mm -hmm. confuses her is when her ex-husband is killed. I, uh, I don't know. I, I buy all of that. You know, I think when you're dating someone and you like them, you tend to root for them. And if their shit's a little weird, you don't get up and run away true you, you kind of try and make excuses to make things work rather than like well oh some big traumatic thing even if it's someone that you fucking hate you know them vanishing and you i mean even if you don't know even if he's like yeah i absolutely didn't do it and you believed him i think to just turn around and be like yeah i want to be alone maybe forever like that is very plausible to me well, i don't know i would i feel like i would do those things i mean i i'm it that's the, the but it just it, it raises more questions about what's the nature of this town because sure it is believable that she would do those things but is she real like i don't yeah, know that, anymore that does that is mystifying to think about that like are they just weird robots magic things are they there just to engage with the heroes and keep them occupied but they're not seemingly not trying to make them happy truman show actors yeah who knows that's the thing i'm very like i'm i I, that's the other thing i'm kind of disappointed in in that learning that they don't ever really answer (laughs) these questions about what's going on we we fly away with the new black hammer and follow her adventures and like that i'm sure they're good 
Because Jeff yeah. Lee Meyer is a good he's a good writer, but I yeah. want to know what's happening on this farm. Is this the story? Is this, mm-hmm. like we can't have an ending because if they if, when the ending happens, everything will end. Are they like the key to the secret of the apocalypse or something? Or is it? Oh, they are the root of the superhero world, and if they vanish, then the superhero world dis- disappears too. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll get an answer hopefully at some point. But I liked it a lot. I would definitely suggest I I. Anyone who thinks they're tired of deconstruction uh, of superhero tropes, maybe you're not tired of it. Yeah. Maybe this is good still, and I don't know, maybe you'll, you'll like it a lot if you read it. I, I don't know if that genre or idea is still worth exploring, but this is this is good in Jeff Lee Meyer. This is my favorite thing from him so far. Yeah. And I know I want more. I definitely, yeah, I definitely, it's gotten me hooked. I want to know what happens to these characters. Mm-hmm. I, I need to know. I, As Tom Petty I said. adore it. Um, anything else you want to say, Eric? No. Okay. That was Black Hammer by Jeff Lemire, Dean Ormston, and Jeff Rabin. Um, we will be discussing a new book in two weeks' time. Is Upgrade Soul by Ezra Clayton Daniels. Uh, gotten a lot of, uh, a lot of press a lot of uh publicity a lot of hype surrounding it last year and the year stuff and i i I looked at it thought it looked interesting it is a graphic novel as they as some people would say eric Mm, they do say that they do say that we'll be we'll be reading that talking about it next time you can read along with us uh that'll do it for us before we go you can find us uh online at handsomeboyscomicshour.com Find links to our Facebook, facebook.com slash Hour, Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, like us and follow us and subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. It helps us out, help, uh, helps new listeners find the show. We really appreciate it. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. And see many of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter, where I'm known on both as Easy Goodnight. So, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.